The first reading is from the book of Romans. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. But. But is, is a rather funny word, and not just because of the way it sounds when you say it, but but when you say but, it means that, that whatever you said beforehand is going to be kind of undone, right? How many of you have ever said or, or heard said, I don't mean to interrupt you, but what's about to happen? They're going to interrupt you. They've already started. Or, or, or how about this? I know you didn't ask for my advice, but what are they about to do? Give you advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or then this one appropriate for this evening, no offense, but... What's going to happen? They're going to say something that may be offensive. No offense, but 
Or maybe you could look at it from the other way. I'm usually not so easily offended, but we saw in, in, in our video the ways that we, uh, that we define being offended, feeling insulted, feeling slighted, being misunderstood, or maybe a knee-jerk reaction. And tonight, I hope that, that we're able to, to look at, at God's word from Romans and, and maybe ask ourselves, what offends us? Or maybe how are we offensive? How do we put stumbling blocks in front of other people's faith walk? So before we, we, we dive in, I want to set up a little bit of context. And I'm really thankful for Pastor Dan who, who did some of this work because I would not have thought about some of these things. If we go to the very first Christian Pentecost, this is a spoiler alert, this is four weeks away. But in Pentecost, in Acts, it says, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And then it goes on to say that amongst all of those, those God-fearing Jews from all over, that there were visitors from Rome. And after uh, Peter's powerful first sermon, there were among some of these visitors who became part of the 3,000 that were added to the number of, of Christian believers that day who were from Rome. And they took this new faith with them when they went back to Rome. And when they got there, they established Christian churches. And, and the church grew because of their witness in sharing the good news of Jesus around them. And, and this was, they, they preached this word to, to Jews in Rome and they preached this word to Gentiles in Rome. And so this church started growing, being made of Jews and Gentiles, two distinct cultures coming together under the cross of Jesus. And then Emperor Claudius, it tells us in, in Acts chapter 18, verse 2, expelled the Jews from Rome. If there were any Jews living there, they could no longer live there anymore. And so the Roman Christian church was left in the hands of the Gentile Christians. And the church there continued to grow. Eventually Claudius dies and, and the Jews are able to return to Rome. And then the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians are reunited after some time. And then they both find differences in how they are applying and living out their faith. And that kind of gets us to our reading in, in Romans chapter 14 and talking about being offended. The Jewish Christians, they were offended because the Gentiles weren't honoring the Sabbath in the feast days the way that, that the Jewish Christians still did, even though they were Christians. The Jewish Christians were offended by Gentile Christians because they ate unclean food like Pork and cheeseburgers. You shall not cook a food in its mother's milk. There's something there. Um, but they were offended because they were eating these foods that they saw as unclean the way that they were brought up. And some scholars say that the Gentile Christians were likely offended by the Jewish Christians coming to Rome, going to the marketplace and buying meat there and coming back and eating it. Because a lot of the meat that was sold in the marketplace had previously been sacrificed to pagan idols. 
And these Gentile Christians used to worship these pagan idols, and they were trying to leave that world behind, and now their Jewish Christian brothers are eating this food that had been sacrificed to an idol. There was a fence going on back and forth. Paul says, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. There's a whole commentary there, and I'm not even going to go in there. He called vegetarians weak, but that's for another time. One person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days alike. All right, now we need to, we need to pause here for a minute and, and just ask the question, what is the basis of our salvation? Romans chapter 10, Paul, uh, Peter, Paul says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You're not saved by eating certain foods or, or avoiding certain others. You're not saved by which day of the week you, you observe Passover. <laughs> what in the world? I am like, like two weeks behind. Yeah. What day of the week you choose to worship God or not? You're not saved by, by the clothes that you wear, by, by your appearance, by your cultural background. Paul goes on in Romans 10 verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved regardless of those other things. Now, I want to make sure that we point out what we're talking about here are, are, are what we would call externals. We're not talking about matters of doctrine, like Jesus' bodily resurrection, Jesus being the only way to salvation, Apostles' Creed or, or Nicene Creed type stuff, what we would say are the essentials of our faith. That's not what we're talking about. We're also not talking about matters of morality and sin. I can live however pro promiscuously I want to because I've been saved. I can take what I want for myself from anyone because all things have been made free to me in Jesus. We're not talking about doctrinal issues. We're not talking about moral and sin issues. We're talking about the externals. You eat pork and you call yourself a Christian? You celebrate Passover or Christmas and you call yourself a Christian? You worship on Saturday and you call yourself a Christian? You smoke and you call yourself a Christian? You drink alcohol and you call yourself a Christian? Note, however, that these can easily go the other way, too. You think you can't eat pork, and yet you call yourself a Christian? You think you can't celebrate Passover or, or celebrate Christmas, and yet you call yourself a Christian? You think you can't smoke or drink, and yet you call yourself a Christian? Both of these mindsets come off as, as offensive, as judgmental. Taking things that are neither forbidden nor commanded in Scripture and turning them into matters of salvation. You can't be truly saved if, if you watch shows like that. You can't be truly saved if, if you like country music. You can't be truly saved if you wear clothes like that to church. 
Are we going to be stumbling blocks for our brothers and sisters in faith, or are we going to be stepping stones? Do we welcome one another in Christ, or do we let personal appraisals of those people get in the way? Do we welcome people in Christ, or do we find reason to reject one another? Brothers and sisters, we need to be careful because it is not hard for us to become a stumbling block. Take any matter, any matter, and make it all about you. You and your opinions, you and your preferences, and then take offense when other people don't see things the same way you do. Or they don't do things the same way that you do. You think you can wear that to church? And remember, it can go the other way. You think you can worship God with that music? And again, it can go either way. This mindset drives us apart. Paul says that this mindset can cause our weaker brother or sister to sin or for their faith to be destroyed. I may realize in my Christian freedom that it doesn't matter if I eat pork or not. But if you, a Christian, believe that eating pork is a sin, which it's not, but if you think that it is, for you, eating it would be sinful. Eating it would take you down a dangerous road. And so in that instance, I should neither eat pork in front of you, nor should I make you eat pork, because to do either one of those things could cause you to stumble in your faith. Now, this doesn't mean that we should leave one another in our weak state. We should discuss things like this calmly, probably not right in the moment. We should strive to build one another toward maturity in faith. Being the stronger in faith, we should show the weaker in faith through scripture, not through opinion, through scripture, how those things have been made free for us, the freedom that Christ has won for us on the cross. And this may be a long process. It might not get taken care of today. But it means that for today, I won't eat bacon in front of you and I'll be okay. If that means for today, I won't drink in front of you, I'll be okay. If it will cause you to stumble, I don't want to offend you. And again, there's a mutual responsibility to one another in this. If it means that for today, you won't belittle me for not being a vegetarian, that's okay. If it means that for today, you won't make me feel like any less of a Christian because you saw me smoking a cigarette, it's okay. No, instead of being a stumbling block, we should be stepping stones. Next week's sermon, we're going to be talking about Philippians chapter 2, where, where we talk about looking not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. As those who have been redeemed by Jesus' death and resurrection, 
we need to always be asking the question, is what I'm doing showing love to my, 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 my brother or sister in Christ? Or is what I'm doing being unnecessarily offensive to them, being a stumbling block to them? Instead of being someone who drives apart, we want to be someone that brings together. And maybe it looks like something like this. Hey, I, I noticed when I asked for the beer list, you kind of flinched. Is, is that okay for you if, if I drink around you or is that a problem? Because, because I believe that Jesus has given us freedom to do these things, not to the point of abuse. I believe Jesus has given us freedom and I'd love to talk to you about that sometimes, but I value our relationship more than I do about drinking a beer right now. The very beginning of our reading in verse 13, Paul says this, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to be a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a fellow believer. In verse 19, he says, let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbringing, not what causes strife and driving apart. Again, hear me, hear me loud and clear. This is not talking about matters of doctrine or matters of morality and sin. Because if our brother or sister in Christ starts talking about things that Scripture has made clear, I don't think Jesus was fully God, or I don't think Jesus was fully man, or I don't think Jesus really rose from the dead. I think there's many paths that lead to God. I don't. I'm using those as examples. But if your brother or sister starts saying things like that against what we believe Scripture teaches us, we are to point that out. But in a loving way not in a way that cancels them, like we talked about last week, not in a way that causes offense, but in order of hopefully gaining that brother or sister back. If our brother or sister in Christ is living in a way that is inconsistent with what Scripture has made clear, the Ten Commandments, the fruits of the Spirit, the, the fruits or the works of the flesh, we are to point that out, but in a loving way, to restore that brother or sister, not to cancel them, not to needlessly offend them. What we are not to do is to look down on our brother or sister as less of a human, as, as less of a Christian for difference in opinion in living out our faith. That's outside of doctrine or morality. If they only wear suits and ties to church, thank God that they are there. If, if, if they only wear, wear shorts and flip-flops to church, thank God that they're there. If they drink a beer at lunch, not to the point of getting drunk, but if they drink a beer at lunch, give thanks to God for the barley and the hops and the water that he provided. If they only drink water at lunch, give thanks to God for that pure, refreshing drink. It doesn't mean that you need to start wearing a suit and tie or, or, or shorts and flip-flops or, or, or whatever. Those things don't save us. And they don't, in and of themselves, condemn us. Only unbelief condemns us. And it's unbelief that leads to all sin. 
only, only Jesus' work for us on the cross saves us. Only Jesus' work on the cross for us saves us. Not any of these externals that we put so much time and attention to. So brothers and sisters, stop casting judgment on each other for the essential, or for for the externals. Stop offending one another over non-essentials. Be a stumble, I am stumbling over my words. Be a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. Build one another up out of love instead of tearing one another down. Do not call unclean what God has called clean. Do not call unsaved those who Jesus has saved. For the mutual building up of the church which is his. Amen.